What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Whiskey Web and Whatnot with myself, Robbie the Wagner, and my co-host, as always, Charles William Carpenter, the third. My friends call me Trey. (laughs) Nobody calls me that, actually. All right, Trey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really liked Boys in the Hood growing up, so Trey Trey. Yeah. Anyway, welcome, everyone, to a... A special edition of the potentially lose your appendage episode. Yeah. This whiskey, much like the economic climate right now, has tried to fuck us. (laughs) Like I had to hit it with a hammer and a screwdriver just to get it loose and broke the crap out of it. So, um, yeah, if you're listening, who is this? Black button distilling. Mm -hmm. Put something on here to make it openable. What are people supposed to do? Yeah, like either, you know, the ribbons that they kind of wrap around it and then with a little part exposed so that like after it's dipped and dried. So this is like a squatty bottle with like, a, I don't know, what would you call that? Like kind of a mushroom opening to the top. And then yeah. it's got the cork on and then very thick wax over it. And then no way to remove from wax unless you pull out some tools. Or in my case, I have a very large, like looks like a pocket knife, but then as like a joke gimmicky. It was a thing my grandfather got in the 70s. And so it was like a gimmicky souvenir But it's very sharp and effective, and I use it for packages typically. This time, it only poked me uh, like twice in the fingers and and (laughs) didn't take any fingers off, so that was good. Yeah. Finally got around. I didn't have to destroy my bottle, but I did have to take a significant amount of wax off before I finally found where, like, where is the seam that allows me to get this off? Yeah. It's very unreasonable. Yeah, which is part of the problem of, like, just tell us what the top looks like and then we know where to dig around too it's like this is just a amorphous wax of like mm. you'll find it yeah yeah no <laughs> once you get in there good luck so this is as you mentioned black button distilling single barrel reserve it's their straight bourbon whiskey finished in port casks probably just one cask per and let's see here more about it it's minus 117.5 proof so got some heat to it I'm not even going to try to make this pop open because I almost just cut myself. Nice. It's dangerous. Continues to be dangerous. You're probably going to drink some glass, but, you know, you've got a tough gut. I assume the glass sank. Yeah. Aged two years in new oak, new American oak, as bourbon's supposed to be. But I'm kind of surprised they can call it bourbon at all because I think it's supposed to be four years before you're allowed to do that. But anyway, and then another three years in port barrels. So a significant amount of time because I'm used to it being more like six months or so. The mash bill is 60% corn, 20% wheat, so we did already, 11% malted barley, and 9% rye. I love how you're like, I'm glad you got a you know, clear glass this time. If you didn't have a clear glass, it might yeah. be a little rough. I'm looking for glass in there. I don't see any, I don't think. Whoa. Whoa, it's very dark, but I guess the port would do that. Let's see what we have in terms of its... Smell. Hmm. It's got a little chocolate for me, actually. Chocolate in there, a little, I don't know, maybe like leafiness, like fall leaves, dry leaves. Yeah, this tastes like, uh, or smells like the salamander signature cake, Hmm. which is like a devil's food chocolate cake with uh, like cream cheese and pumpkin ribbons or something. Interesting. I've never had that, actually. Yeah. I'm not a big sweets person, but that does sound good. Yeah, we uh, we get it way too much. <laughs> oh, this is nice. This is it's pretty smooth. 
little heat in the end, a little cinnamon in the end. But in the beginning, it almost has like a, a cherry chocolate. What is it called? Like black forest cake? I think you I think yeah. you influenced me. But it has that in the beginning. Hmm. I'm getting a little bit of, uh, I always forget the name. Is it like Pirouelles? The little like wafery long things with chocolate inside. They're like a tube of wafer. Mm. But do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. Let me look it up. Okay. Oh, pirouette. Pirouette. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Now that makes more sense. The Pepperidge Farm thing. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, there's a little tubey wafer things yeah. with the chocolate in them. Okay, yes. Because at first I was thinking of those like wafer cookies that are like multi-layer and stuff. Mm-mm. Not at all like this. Ooh, it lingers though. That cinnamon lingers, but I'm almost getting like, and it's funny that I know this taste, but like, like leather, like say if you ever had to stick like your leather belt in your mouth for a second because you're whatever with your hands and then you like grab it again and finish. Because you were cutting your arm off and mm-hmm. you needed to chew on something like in The Walking Dead. Well, I was thinking more or less like when I'm pulling it really tight before I stick the needle in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that inappropriate? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you do. Yeah, I like that. It's good. It's that's kind of all I'm hitting right now with it, but pirouettes. I don't know if I feel pirouette or not in this, but like I definitely feel like a little dark chocolate cake with like a little jelly or something, you know? Yeah. But like a tinge of sweetness with it. Mm. I'd say it's bold. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the glass that has <laughs> shattered my mouth and now it feels bold, but it's pretty bold. Yeah, a little more bold when it's like cutting the insides of your mouth and soaking in directly without having to be yeah. ingested. Yeah. It's like how cigarettes do where they put the micro glass in there to like mm. cut your throat so that you get really addicted to it. Oh, interesting. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I never heard that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, thanks to the FDA for approving that. <laughs> so in the realm of, let's just say, bourbons, finished bourbons, because I think we've had a few and particularly a few that are finished in port. How are you feeling about the black button? Yeah, I think this is probably a six for me. Maybe a five even, because this thing was really, really hard to open and really expensive. And those two things shouldn't be said in the same sentence. Exactly. I think it's <laughs> yeah. a very young whiskey. It's interesting and it's, it's tasty, but it's a very young whiskey with which they used port to like do the rest of the work for them. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think I'm around a five on it. Yeah. And then the other factors, like you said, it's a bit expensive for that parlor trick. I mean, the (laughs) marketing aside, not that that should affect our rating around taste or whatever else, but this whole like impossible to get into bottle made me bleed. Now I need to drink. (laughs) It's kind of like, but it's not bad given all those things. I just think it's like a little razzle dazzle. So the New York's urban farm distillery, which I'm not sure what that really means. Like Uh, urban and farm. Yeah. Aged in American white Oak, then matured and freshly harvested American port cask from ports of New York winery in Ithaca. Oh, it does say chocolate cherry. Hey, I did get a couple of these notes, stone fruit and Oak at a distinctive finish. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I must be getting better at this. What even is a stone fruit? You know, it's it must be like have some kind of serious pit, like an avocado or a peach or something. Mm. Or like the ones you put out for decoration that are just made of ceramic. Yeah, that's it. When we, <laughs> that heavily flavored, this one. Yeah. Made from the finest locally grown grains. I guess that's what they're saying is they sourced locally. I mean, that's the most New York shit you could say anyway. Yeah. 
warehouse in Brooklyn and he sourced locally. Yeah. There's a guy that has like a rooftop with a, like a small little plot of grains or something. Yes. It is made with those as well as everything else they had to get. But they get to say that it was made with those at least. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, ethically sourced and he was thinking good things as he watered them. Like all of those important items. Oh, yeah. He has to be happy. The grains have to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. Right. The water has to be from the cat skills. It does make a difference. You know, there's different minerals and elements in there. As long as it's not like from the ocean. Well, yes. Or something. The Hudson River. Maybe not the Hudson <laughs> River. You know, that'd be a bad thing. Definitely not the Potomac River. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so today, in terms of the web, we're expanding our definition of that. Yeah. The web is shutting down, everyone. Yeah. I think we're going to have to move on to Web 4 later. Mm-hmm. And Web 4 is way more basic. It's actually just it's done through cans tie it with a line of string next to each other. You know, yeah. <laughs> It's actually just HTML and then maybe a little CSS. But then for everything that requires complex interactions, you feed it to GPT-50 mm-hmm. and then uh, it does it all. Yeah, perfect. We're all out of a job. I mean, we all might be anyway. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know if you finished your thought, but uh, yeah, we are just going to go into the state of the world, all of the layoffs and people being forced to go back to the office and, and all of that stuff. Because we just want to rant about it. We feel like it's on a lot of people's minds and hearts right now. And it's heavy. Yeah. It is. So we were speaking a little bit before we started recording around this and decided, hey, let's just roll with it. And that is like, I feel that even as recently as just a year or so ago, you know, discussions in tech circles were all about like, yeah, it sucks for other unemployment areas. Like, but we have so much job security because the needs are high, the demand is high. That's obviously affected things like, the ability to demand remote work even well before there was a pandemic, the ability to obviously press salaries well above average household incomes and, you know, feeling a lot of certainty and safety around that. And I don't know if those discussions eventually got large and common enough to where they 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 made their way into boardrooms and to executives in you know, executive memo emergency Engineers think they're untouchable. And he's like, hmm, hold my beer. I got this. <laughs> Fast forward to today where all of these demands on across the board are eroding, right? The work from home certainty seems to be eroding regardless of a pandemic. Layoffs abound in the tech sector. And who knows how that those are rolling out to other areas, right? I'm certain that mm-hmm. the ability, whether your company is hurting or not, but to, you know, make a cash grab and cut your labor costs. I mean, that's just happening everywhere. Yeah. So massive uh, issues there. The banks, you put in the note here, banks failing, <laughs> sort of, right? Some are allowed to fail and some aren't. Well, it just depends who you have friends. So this is all like, technically it's all related to the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Fed was like, oh my God, a pandemic. Let me just take infinite money and print it, put it all into the stock market so we can, you know, stocks only go up. They never go down. So we have to keep them only going up. And then 
Also, let's give out PPP loans where the requirements are weird to where people who don't actually need them can get them. And then like, let's give everyone a stimulus and let's just give everyone money. And then like, also, let's just hope that inflation doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to work. So like money was really free for the entire pandemic of just like, even if you spend it all and went, oh shit, I spent all my money. You just go like, give me money.gov and put in boop, 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 give me money. And they do yep. like, <laughs> yeah. so like everyone got kind of used to that. There was a lot of weird shady stuff. And then like the fed has no idea what they're doing and I hate them so much. And so they keep now that we've gotten back to like what should have been normal. Cause we should have crashed a long time ago and we should be getting back to normal now with like pandemics kind of over. Let's do like some work, whatever. Everyone's kind of realizing, wait, we took all this extra money we had and we like, we kind of had to spend it because you want to spend as much as you can to like spend up all of your grants per se so that you can get new ones. Like, oh, we uh, we need more of this. We have an extra 500,000 employees this year. So we need an even bigger PPP loan and we need you to keep giving us money and all of this stuff. And it was just tons of corruption, tons of lining pockets of executives and whatever. And now people went, huh, it's weird how we don't need 45,000 employees to like write the HTML for this one website. That's weird, right? Like, shouldn't we need that many employees for that? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there was a lot of like weirdness there. And, and I think one of the things that makes a ton of sense to me, which is never going to happen, people are like, okay, if you're going to lay everyone off, right, then why are the VPs who approved hiring all these people not also laid off because like mm -hmm. they're the ones that got us into this mess. So get rid of them too. Then there's accountability. Then we understand you're getting rid of everyone associated with the problem. Well, but they're not doing that. You have covered a lot of sorry bases <laughs> there. Yeah. And uh, I want to see if I can remember. I just ranted. Yeah, no. And I wanted you to be able to have that emotional flush and get it out. But boy, you covered a lot of stuff there. So going all the way back initially of like the fed doesn't know what it's doing and blah, 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 blah. So I think there's a little bit of a misnomer there. I think that you don't like what it's doing, but they know what they're doing and they just don't have the same goals that like, yeah, their goal is to screw everyone over, right? Their goal is to chase inflation and maintain top levels. And they, part of their goal to stifle inflation is to raise unemployment rates, right? You need to stop people from spending so much money. Yeah. And the volume of that is happening for the common person, right? So you need to stifle spending and you need to increase unemployment. I mean, that's admitted over and over again, which is like crazy, right? You're not protecting the people. You're not protecting labor. You're Yeah. You people get no jobs. Yeah. They're like, no, we want to do that. And so... There is those things. There is like, yeah, sure. There was over hiring like for a, a long time because it was free money being passed out at low rates for a pretty long time. Right. And then that starts to slow. So again, people feel like, okay, now I have to finally reduce spending within my company because I need to continue to keep the shareholders happy. So, hey, let me just get rid of 10% of, of workforce and my labor costs have gone way down. The middle managers or VPs or whatever, they're not my major labor cost. 
I don't need to get rid of them. I still want them for strategy, right? Because they're a difficult and expensive hire. And if I feel like I still need their strategy, then I'm going to keep them around and I'm going to get rid of the three layers below them. Like, oh, just get rid of 30 of your skip level down reports. Who cares? So there's those parts of things too that like people don't care because there's no morality across the board. They don't care if they are affecting families because as long as they're getting happy shareholders, you know, who are making money. Otherwise, obviously, executives don't get bonuses and they don't get all their stuff. Like you can go through economic crisis and still cash out two million in bonuses as an executive in this climate. Why so little? Right, exactly. Why stop there? <laughs> I mean, just look at like, you know, what was it? The American Airlines CEO, like after getting a government bailout to write things, then they did a stock buyback or something and splashed all the cash, a good chunk of the bailout cash that they got, they used to make shareholders, including the CEO, a boatload of cash, right? That's allowed to happen. Yeah. We allow a lot of weird, dumb stuff. Like, I am a fan of capitalism in general, but, like, there's got to be more regulation around it. Like, we allow so much corruption and just, like, let the 1% do what they want. Yeah. Because we're terrified of, like, the government might have to spend money on lawyers to fight them, and they're powerful, and we don't like that. Yeah, and they won't even bother, to be honest, because of Citizens United. Like, you know, politics are fueled by all of that money. And so the people's word doesn't mean too much. Yeah. Really. The end of the day, your candidates you get that actually can afford to go through elections are powered by corporations or wealthy individuals and their will. Because if you don't follow their will, cash dries up. They call in your bluff and you go away for someone else who will. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know where I uh, were you gonna end it on my rant. <laughs> I was trying to think of the next thing I wanted to say, but mm, I don't know. We talked about bailouts, and that's like you know on a smaller level from two thousand eight. Like that's another place we've been recently. Yeah, stabilizing banks. Yeah, the banks really. It's still the Fed's fault. Like you've raised interest rates so much that the banks cannot operate, and then like people start to realize that they cannot operate and go, wait, but you have my money. Give it to me now. And then they're like, but we can't give everyone their money now because we've loaned it out to people. That's how banks work. Right. They're like, no, we all want our money right now. Mm -hmm. And then they collapse. Like, you can't do that. You can't do a bank run. Like, that should be illegal, honestly. Like, if you have 50% of your money gone, you should just shut down for like until you get enough to give more people money or something like you shouldn't be allowed to just literally give all of your money to people and then go, we're out of money. Yeah. There's gotta be a certain amount that you're allowed and like a maximum of all of your, I don't know. What would you say? Like borrowed assets. You can't reloan it out. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird system. I, all the time I just, I'm like, maybe I'm dumb, but I just don't understand the financial system that much. You know, and anytime you think you have a grasp of something, you're like, oh, no, they're allowed to do 40 layers of puts, holds, loan, treasury bills. I don't know. Indexes, crazy stuff that I just don't totally get. Yeah. Wasn't the uh, Silicon Valley's problem that they bought like 
a ton of bonds. Yeah, with a long maturation. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. So they was the cash was tied up because they'd been, you know, in the basically moving VC money around for a long time. So it was just like an unlimited run until it wasn't. Yeah. Everybody loves capitalism until it doesn't work for them. Yeah. <laughs> like that's true. When you feel like it's making you money or it gives you, you know, an opportunity that you think is realistic and then everybody loves it. And then when it falls apart, what I, I'm trying to remember, there was like some tweet I saw in the last couple of years because it's becoming such commonplace to have fucked up financial outcomes, but something about like you want capitalism when you're doing well and socialism when you're failing or something like that, you know? So the whole like basically bailouts from the government run by the government, kept alive by the government, these baselines. Sure, you know, and I think when I saw it, it had to do with the airlines faltering and then they pulled this crap with the stock buybacks and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, they love capitalism until they were failing. And then they're like, please save us. Yeah, I am betting hard that uh, First Republic is going to get massively bailed out and like going to turn around their stock because it was like $140 a share two weeks ago, and it's $14 a share right now. Mm. So I just bought a shitload of it because I was like, hey, any extra money I got, I'm putting in this. And uh, so you heard it here first that they mm. are bankrupt right now. I was going to say, <laughs> you are not a financial advisor. No. And you don't even play one on the internet. And I want to no. set this caveat to anyone listening who is mildly considering yeah don't do what i do listening to robbie's financial advice i've done it a couple of times before like yeah sure i'll get on that too everything is tanked to shit i <laughs> if you want to light money on fire just go camping and light it on fire because that's the same as taking this advice to be fair the one thing that i've been right about so far and it, it all ebbs and flows mm -hmm. is uh microsoft because Microsoft was really undervalued. And I'm like, they make everything. Everything that I touch and use is Microsoft. Why is everyone like putting them in a different category than Google and Facebook and whatever? Facebook doesn't make shit. They sell ads, which are like all outlawed everywhere now. So they got fucked. Yeah. And like, otherwise they don't do anything. Doesn't everybody pretty much hate Facebook these days? Yes. Like, when did we not? Facebook killed MySpace and ever since I've hated them. Right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly junk, too. Mostly it's like my older relatives complaining about stupid things that they don't understand or posting things that I don't care about, you know? like Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember when we used to get jelly rolls down at that old bakery that's not there anymore? Here's a picture I found in a shoebox. You can barely tell what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So like layoffs and everything, yes, it's gotten really out of hand with like, no one knows what's going to happen. Like, why don't we communicate better, right? If you know, as an executive team, we need to lay off 200,000 people and you lay off 10,000, you know, there's more coming. So like plan your strategy a little better. Like I'm not going to call out specific companies for the sake of political correctness. But let's say you you want everyone to come back to the office, right? So I think you could use, just use Twitter. Just use Twitter, whether you agree with the policies or not, right? Well, Twitter is kind of a weird case. That's why it's okay to talk about. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, so it's like, okay, we want everyone, Elon's like, everyone needs to be in the San Francisco office, right? Like, just get back here. There's like, it's like half empty. What, what are you guys doing? And it's like, well, but so this might be not a good example either, because I think he already made them like move back in. But like for companies that have let you move across the US, right? It's like, all right, I moved to like Idaho because it's cheap and like, you know, I can be anywhere. Like it doesn't matter. And then they're like, all right, well, you need to be back at the office. So you you work on selling your house. You're like, all right, it's going to take me like a month or two to sell my house. I got to like find another house back in like a city to move to. Like the cost of living is way higher. Maybe my salary doesn't meet that because maybe they like downgraded me for being, you know, somewhere else. Hmm. So I'm already really, really strapped for cash and like just barely make it work. And then like you get moved into your new place and they go, oh, actually you're fired. <laughs> Cause we have to lay off 190,000 more people. Like it's so shitty. Like just tell people ahead of time. I guess you don't know who maybe is the problem, who you're going to lay off. Right. Like it needs to be someone. So, but we're just going to make everyone come back to the, like stop the back to the office stuff for a while. Just pause that. Like work through all your layoffs first. I know they suck, but like get them all done and be in a stable place. And then you can tell people what to do. Like, doing both at the same time is terrible for everyone. True. I guess it just assumes a level of empathy. I don't know. It could be a people's strategy. I don't know. But it, I think, first of all, it just assumes a level of empathy across your workforce that probably doesn't exist in a lot of those circumstances. Like, who's making that decision is just looking at numbers and making decisions around numbers and what they need to do for the, you know, their own success metrics and yeah. strategies and all of that kind of stuff. They're not like, okay, now, how is this going to affect Robbie? I know I just told him two weeks ago he's got to move, but unfortunately now i got to let him go. Soon. I know he probably just got there. I don't know. i got to think about this. Like, no, he has no idea. Clueless to most of those things. Because, like, in their mind, they're just like, okay, you know, the CEO decides – Across the board, we're just going to bring people back to offices. And then CFO later on is like, yeah, we got to cut some workforce. Remember, we've mentioned this before. Well, like, that's where we're really at. And we don't concerned about the impact. So we're going to do it in waves. And we don't want to tell everybody that like 100,000 more are coming because people are probably going to stop working as hard because they don't know if it's them or not. Well, so let's not let them that. But that's part of the problem, too, is like you announce one wave and you're like, oh, crap, is it me? Like. They don't tell everyone for like a week or two after they announce it, like getting all the notice out. And then everyone gets the notice and you're like, all right, I'm safe. I'm safe this time. And then you get back, like it takes you another week or two after everyone's leaving and that sucks and whatever. And you're like, all right, I'm back to full strength. I'm working hard. Like, actually, we here's another uh, round of layoffs. So right. then it's like this cycle of like no one's going to get any work done for like six months mm. because you're doing it this way. It is so dumb. Like... There's no good data behind anything. It's all like 50 white dudes in a boardroom being like, what do I think is good? What makes me money today? Mm -hmm. Like nothing about the way we want to run the company or what it might do in the future, but I want my millions of dollars today. And it's like, this is how I do it. Okay. <laughs> so then that goes back to the early comment that you made around like 4,500 people just update some HTML and CSS. Like the massive shift from, you know what, that sounds like really simple. I only need four people to do that. And then you cut 4,000 plus jobs and then you find out down the line, oh, there was some like 
some nuance here that I actually didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Now I have a massive business impact. And what am I going to do? I better hurry up and, and hire. Oh, and lucky for me, there is a massive flush in the candidate pool. Yeah. Because, you know, every fang engineer, you know, there's a percentage of them all in this pool now. And so ah we you, call them manga now. Yeah, manga. that might possibly be true so you've got this crazy pool and now they can't fleece me at you know top 10 percent wages and all this other stuff because people are desperate for a job so they're gonna just right take what they can get and now i can still get my thing done so you're saying this is all still elon's fault then because he keeps doing things to like artificially make stuff fluctuate prices where he wants that's true yeah he does play a game (laughs) with people's lives yeah, no doubt about that. And intentional or not, either he's just so naive to it, right? Because he said money for basically his whole life, but making his own money for quite some time, even like, gosh, when was PayPal sold off? It was early 2000s, right? Yeah. Pretty long time ago. First dot com bubble. Yeah. But no one else from PayPal is this big of a dick, I don't think. <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, I don't I, know him outside of his political affiliations, but people shit talk Peter Thiel pretty a lot around that aspect. Mm. But obviously a smart businessman. Well, I haven't seen anything that he's done like business wise. I mean, I haven't seen anything about the political stuff either because no, I try not to care about political stuff because if you start looking at it and caring, you're just going to spiral and hate everyone, which I already hate a lot of people. So I guess he's basically like the tech version of the Koch brothers in that sense. But, uh, you know, take that for what you will. So, yeah, I don't know. He's not uh, yeah, he's not like pumping Dogecoins or <laughs> screwing with stock prices so he can get a better deal or, you know, yeah. a billion other things. He's definitely affecting people's lives. But then again, you ask that question as like, whose life is he really messing with? Because if anybody has a substantial amount of their own their own savings or retirement account just in Tesla or something, for example, is like, you're probably doing okay otherwise. Anyway, you probably own a Tesla. And then you don't have a problem eating. It's never like, am I going to have ramen or nothing tonight? You're not in that spot. Yeah. So whose life is he affecting in that sense? It's true. It's true. And I get that there are like, there are levels to it. And it's, it's hard to be sad for like, us well-paid engineers of like, oh no, you might not get a job for a couple minutes or Mm -hmm. your salary might go down or whatever. But everyone gets used to like a certain lifestyle. And even if you trim back the lifestyle, you have bills. Like you get a house and it still costs the same amount regardless of like where you're working. So if you can't afford that house, yes, maybe you get lucky and you can get another house, but not right now because there's no houses and the interest rate is a billion. Yeah. So like, it's like you could be homeless. I mean, legitimately, like you could be like, we're all kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I feel like some of us have a little bit of savings. I think the average is like very little, like very little. Yeah. People can maybe sustain a couple weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Most people are paycheck to paycheck. Most people don't have an emergency fund. And even people who have made, you know, had good salaries because the costs of living to improve your quality of life. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, oh, I've worked and there's a certain amount that I've earned, I would say. And it's not my fault if, you know, salaries are around those things, taking advantage of opportunities given like anyone else would. And so if I 
one day I had to move my family to an apartment because the housing market is now only for the affluent, which anymore, I guess, like the, is the financial industry because they're almost <laughs> yeah. uh, untouchable, you know, mm-hmm. even when it falls apart, it doesn't. So I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how much politically and sociology that our listeners care to hear about from us. I just feel like this is such a pertinent part of our industry right now that like, yeah, I don't know. It's worth having even a, I don't know shit and you don't have to believe me kind of discussion. Yeah. These are all our opinions. We haven't gone too extreme in either direction. I don't think. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the numbers are. If people stop listening after (laughs) a couple seconds, cause there's a ton of construction going on above me and they're tired of the noise or if there's a, I don't know any other reason or they just, uh, they see a video clip and they're like, Virginia tech is stupid. Well, hey, there was one guy reached out to me specifically that was like, hey, I didn't know you were a VT alum. That's really cool. Like one of my favorite podcasts has a, a VT alum on there and I'm going to go there in the summer or something like that. And oh, that's cool. Like, that's pretty cool. Like I do like hearing like I've had a few people hit me up on, on LinkedIn and just kind of like, you know, listen to this. The recent one. Love this. Like this. Hey, you were asked for feedback. Here's a little bit about the uh, the whiskey part. Like love that part. You should definitely keep it in. In fact, if you had ways to expand it, like putting things specifically in show notes and, and you know, some reference things around that, like would be really helpful. Like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I love yeah. the feedback. I love that people care to listen. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a touch point, like always, always open and welcome to messages. Yeah. For anyone listening right now that wants to reach out, we're available. Feel free to ping us on Twitter or LinkedIn or anything and we will respond. I'm going to touch briefly on the whole like college thing or whatever else, because I do find it fascinating. I mean, I guess it's like following a sports team or whatever else, like the people that are like just diehard, dedicated to their their college, you know, and you paid money for that. I don't know. You don't have to continue to be like But you had to be accepted. Mm, You're in a special club in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's Virginia. How hard was it? actually harder than you think. And, uh, it's gotten crazy now where like they let too many people in. Hmm. So the problem is they require everyone as a freshman to live on campus Mm -hmm. and then they let too many people in and had nowhere for them to stay. So they, they have a hotel that they own and they like shut down half the hotel rooms and like housed students in those. Hold on here. First of all, a state, education institution has no business investing in other businesses in the area. I have a problem with that too. Well, they didn't invest. They built their own hotel on campus to make money. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't like buy a holiday Inn off campus. Still. I don't they, know. They like built the inn at Virginia tech. They built it. Right. Did they charge money to stay in? Yeah. I don't know. I'm still kind of calling bullshit on this, but <laughs> you know, their mission is to serve the community and provide education. No, their mission is to make money like everyone's mission. Mm, See, like capitalism is at the end of the day, we never have a mission to serve our community in any way. We have a mission to serve those who gave us some money to get bigger, to make them richer, to make us richer, to make them richer, to make us richer. (laughs) But don't forget about making them richer. Exactly. (laughs) Oh gosh. What was it? There was some like nonprofit recently that has been, 
that has become like a not for profit entity. And then it's, I don't know. Now they're just a full profit yeah, entity. Slippery slope. <laughs> now they're just a full for profit entity like all the rest of us. Like, <laughs> I don't know. At some point, I just wish, I mean, I want to make money. I get that. I'm trying to like support a family and all those other things. But my mission and my goal around that is very clear. And when it starts to become obscured, I think it's like the morality thing there that is kind of bullshit and it uh, gets annoying for me like yeah i saw i forget exactly the context but someone was kind of talking about that on twitter of like all these companies laying everyone off and having these terrible like ideals and just caring about shareholders and whatever like is there anywhere we can work that we're like we don't have to worry about this as much people are like you know basically no (laughs) but like if you look into B corporations, it's a little bit better. Like they're not necessarily required to do any of that, but they've gone through the steps of getting certified as like being, doing some of the right things. So that's like a good thing. They're they're like, there are a few of these in the tech world. I don't know who they are, but maybe if people know, they can let us know. Or let's not forget that many companies are not tech companies, but they just need tech, right? They have a right part of it that is tech. Arby's, McDonald's, mm-hmm. all of these. Yeah, those are e-commerce. The McDonald's app is fire. Is it? Yeah. They have a loading animation that's like fries bouncing in a, <laughs> a fry thing, fry cup. I basically go to McDonald's to get Happy Meals, which, by the way, are still the best bang for your buck. You like Happy Meals? I'm fine with them. My children like <laughs> toys, and they love Happy Meal food. Like, it is my son's favorite burger. He tells me when I make burgers, he's like, Dad, this is my second favorite burger. (laughs) This is kind of like my first favorite burger, but this is my second. Have you tried putting more carcinogens in your meat? That's the problem is I'm like trying (laughs) to get good quality meat and cook it well and all those things. And he's like, this is... Get like a cow spleen and grind it up. up. That's where you want. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Cow meat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and let's not even go down the path of the chicken nuggies my daughter loves. Oh, no. I want nuggies, you know. There have been so many studies on them about, like, all the plastic in there and shit. Right. And then I saw, like, where Jamie Oliver, like, tried to recreate chicken nuggets in front of these kids, like, school kids. I don't know if you remember that show from, like, 10 years ago or whatever. He went to some, like... West Virginia school district and tried to like help them fix because they had like a massive obesity issue and all this other stuff. So he like, let me come and for free, I'm going to come and work with you to improve your school menu. And it, it went down in flames, essentially. Like he had this like test kitchen and he brings all these kids in and he shows them grinding up this weird pink whatever thing And then also, like, makes nice, like, chicken strips. But the other ones, he ends up, like, shaping them or something, like nuggets and versus the strips, which are a random thing. And then says, now, after what you saw, which do you want to eat? And they all pick the gross. The nuggets. Nuggets (laughs) versus the strips. And he's just like, I don't know what I can do here. I don't know. Yeah. I've given them the direct information. It's very clear. And they're like, no, I still, I want that. Yeah. I mean, just eat Chick-fil-A, everybody. It's pretty normal. Yeah, that's fine. They use real chicken. Yeah, I guess there's that. So, and their nuggets, the kids do like those too. Mm-hmm. I just think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They, like the whole packaging, it feels special. I think is what it is. You go and you like get this thing and it has all this like packaging and wrapping and then the Happy Meal, they give you a toy and. Oh yeah. It's just like fun. Like, yeah, nah, 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 yeah. I'm playing with mine. It's an experience, not just food. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
There you go. Speaking of children, your child is having its, his, should respect, <laughs> and it's not an it, Yeah, his first birthday. Yes, it was uh, Tuesday. So we're having a party for him Saturday. Mm. Going to have a few friends and family over. Mm-hmm. Did a bunch for his actual birthday. I didn't get my invite, so I guess we know what category I'm in. Well, I figured you wouldn't want to fly out for it. but <laughs> Fly out. Yeah, so on, on Tuesday, I was actually still kind of sick. So uh, Caitlin and my parents took Finn to Old Town. He had like some spaghetti at Mia's and then like just rolled around town in his stroller and he had a good time. Good, good. Yeah. Excellent. So Saturday we'll have a bunch of different cakes because mm-hmm. we have to have one that's like not that sweet for him. And then we have to have like ones for other people. And then it's also actually my dad's actual birthday on Saturday. Oh. So yeah, he gets his own cake and like Caitlin's going to do a bunch of cakes. Well, wait, also though, especially the first birthday, do you have a smash cake? Yes, he will have a smash cake. Yeah. If you could do a second one for your dad to do with him, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. I don't know him, but uh, if he'd be game for that, that would be pretty amazing. Those photos alone would just be like, yeah, I don't know that he'd be game for it, but uh, mm. I'll float the idea tonight. We'll see. Yeah. You both do a smash cake together on your birthdays. <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to bounce around here a little bit in what I think is a more natural flow. So you've recently upgraded your camera setup, your lighting setup, your backdrop setup. I think you've been inspired. Yes. So for those, I mean, I don't know if I'll be the video. I'm half the time the video. We'll see. Mm. But if you see my video, you'll be able to see it's a green screen with like some purple and pink lights. So basically what I am is the Primogen with uh, Learn with Jason's lights behind me. So I'm working my way between like, do I want to actually green screen or do I want to like have a room that's nicely laid out with some lights? I've got a lot of stuff to hide behind me. So the green screen was easy for now. Gives you some temporary options until you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I mean, if folks have seen from Chris Coyer's setup, he's got the nice like sound, like egg thingies i don't even know what they call like those studio foam studio foam in there and the neon lights around all the corners and stuff and like it looks really fun Mm -hmm. if i had like a dedicated space in that way like that's the way i would i'd lean but you know it's hard to say yeah did i tell you my plans for uh when we move for my office Mm -mm. so i want to have a normal office with like some bookshelves and books like, you know, scholarly, fancy office, and then have the bookshelf open up into a podcast studio. So like you walk through the bookshelf and there's just like studio foam and whiskey everywhere. And like, that's the podcast room. I love it. Yeah. I love like secret, I don't know, whatever, like Webster house kind of hidden shit in, in houses. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. We have a friend, friends, like it's a whole family and they have like a hidden room behind some bookcases and it goes into what is like a little entertainment room. Like they've got like the couch set up and the projector and I don't know. They also kind of turned into like a Lego room behind there. And then you can exit through like this other little wall and you just end up in the laundry room. Hmm. Pretty crazy. That's fun. They are folks not hurt by, uh, Unemployment rates. so Current economic things. Yeah, yeah. current economic <laughs> things. They're like, oh my gosh, we 
cannot get a third Range Rover this year, and it's very disappointing. And that was actually for our Tahoe home. We couldn't get another, so we'll just... Oh, a dedicated one, so you can fly there and then have a car for you. Yeah, we just couldn't have one waiting there. Well, actually, no, we do... That sounds rough. Now, we do have one for ourselves, but our nanny has to take it sometimes, and it's like... Oh. When we're there, we'd like to have our own, and then she has hers, and it's and like she couldn't drive some other kind of car. There's no way. Mm-mm. No, no, yeah. <laughs> like uh, we might, maybe we could get a used one, but that feels so plebeian. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Yeah. Speaking of cars, right? Let's talk about cars. We love cars. I love cars and technology, and I do love cars. So after like two and a half years of waiting. We finally got notified that uh, our uh, the Rivian R1S was available for our pickup and enjoyment. So did that just recently. I want to say it was earlier this week. I don't know. And have been, uh, yeah, testing it out since then. So I'll have to give a couple of different uh, perspectives. But, like, I drove it initially, so... I mean, the details are amazing. It's nice. Like the, I think it has like 23 speakers in it. So the sound system is nice. Two big screens. Um, and then I like how the interface is usually, is basically like two small sets of buttons. So it's like depending on what section you're in and then you can all of a sudden use the steering wheel for everything. So that's pretty cool. So like hidden cup holders and like there's a lot of room and minimalism. And then like it's white with like a gray and then ashwood interior and then just a lot of like little details where like the Rivian yellow is in your stitching in the seat and in in like something in the side of the headrest and cool stuff like that. It's weird the way it drives because it's like essentially a one pedal driving experience because their brake regen is very serious. It's Yes, I drove one when we were in Phoenix and it was, yeah, it stops you dead. Yeah. So it's just like you, you know, you basically don't even need brakes. You're just like, you're always hitting the gas to some degree until you just are ready to kind of be done. And if you turn that off, it like doesn't regenerate at all. Basically, it's like, I'm not going to brake. Yeah. So they're supposed to be like really strong, regular, and then there's normal. And uh, that one's not great. So yeah, I've been. Checking that out, I mean, the third row seating for its size is incredible, too. So you get a ton of storage space. I I like the whole air compressor that's back there, too. So if you do any actual adventure stuff, I mean, it really is created to be like, this is a camping and adventure vehicle for you and your family and all that kind of stuff. It's supposed to kill Range Rovers, but it's not going to. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) and this is intended to be my wife's car as a replacement. She has an Audi Q7. She has loved and we'll continue to love because she does not like this car at all. Too big? It's a bit big for her. And even though like its measurements, it's only a little longer than the Q7. It's significantly like taller. And then obviously you can like adjust its its ride height, but still to a degree that's like quite a bit more than her car. And she's just like, it's kind of a big box and feels like driving a truck. Yeah. And what she loves about the Audi is that it feels like driving like, a sporty SUV. Right. Right. Like, I don't know. It's bigger. It holds a little more, but it still feels like nimble and and cozy and just like manageable. And this other thing feels like I'm driving a big rig. This is crazy. I I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not that big compared to like big trucks. Yeah. It's not like a Tahoe big. It feels. It feels huge. I don't understand why. And yeah, that's what we got from it too. It was like, 
I want to turn around. All right, I got to do a 10-point turn somehow, mm-hmm. even though this was not that complicated of a turn. Yeah. It's like, it's just not quite there on the execution of making it feel nicer. Like, yeah, it's got all of the stuff, the technology and the whatever, but it just doesn't, like, driving experience-wise, Yeah, it's not there yet. I think for its intended market, to be honest, I think it's probably going to check all the boxes. It's going to nail it. Yeah. You know, if you want to, yeah. you know, if you got a little camping trailer or, you know, you like to go off the grid a little bit and, and do, you know, some, because it's got great range and everything else. Like, but if you're like, my wife is driving around town and hauling the kids around and running errands for the home and like all of these other things that are just like, it's not that thing basically ever. And the infrequent amount of times for us that it would be like great, but it's just not enough to sway her in that way. So unfortunately, I, mean, I don't know, maybe by the time this comes out, you can check carsandbids.com. This is a Rivian yeah. R1S. I don't know if you ever heard those Doug DeMuro videos where he's like, this no. is a Ford GT. No. He's a little bit annoying, but that's also kind of like part of his appeal. You're like, oh, cute. It's this nerdy guy again with an annoying voice, but he geeks out on cars so much. You love him. So he'll be selling my car. Okay. Well, that's fun. Yeah. If people want to buy it, just reach out directly, maybe. Yeah. Like, I'm down with that. Doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah. I didn't get mine because I was worried in the economic climate we're in that I would not be able to sell it. And I was like, I'm not going to be stuck with this car and the Bronco I just got and the Tesla and like not be able to sell it for six months or something like with that statement, you've lost any potential like sympathy you might've gotten about the job market. So, Hey, we did well for a while. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. (laughs) Yeah. And you shouldn't be ashamed of that. I think so. Plus, you know, it's about, sometimes it's about the things you value anyway, you know, like you've had that Virginia tech hat as long as I've known you, I think. And you're clearly not invested in high fashion and other no items. Although me undies are expensive. Right. They have coupons all the time. <laughs> I mean, they're not like, you know, a four pack of Hanes or something, but. Well, yes, compared to other like good underwear, I guess they're not terrible. But right. I guess before I got them, I was buying a four pack of Hanes. Well, so. since me undies. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, then it's quite an upgrade. <laughs> since me undies heard us last time and added the they did. pouch thing. I'm going to like, since you're still listening, offer it in just a regular brief. I'm just not a boxer brief fellow. I want less is more, you know, especially in the desert. Just cut it off. Just buy it and. Sh- I don't want it's <laughs> As you said, it costs enough money yeah. where they should offer the cuts that I would prefer. Yeah. I think. Because they also don't have many colors. Mm. I think it's a test run. Like, are people interested in this? Because mm-hmm. I think the the boxer briefs are what they've always pushed as, like, their flagship. Right. So they're they're trying it out first, and if it's popular, I think it will come to everything. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. Well, you should buy them all, and then they'll continue to expand them. Well, I bought one to try. Right. So I'll let you know how it compares to the normal. We'll have to follow up on a future episode because I think it's worth discussing because I think it's a game changer. I think I was like, this is incredible. (laughs) And then immediately bought like five pairs and got rid. And then like I kept other underwear because I hate wasting. I have this whole problem with like Mm -hmm. until it falls apart or whatever else doesn't, you know, whatever the issue is. I just can't. Yeah. Because you grew up in the depression. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) My generation created farm (laughs) subsidies. Just deal with it. 
but I, eventually I was just like, I'm wasting my time with these other underwear. <laughs> I'm just not wearing them. Yeah. I'm just waiting and washing these others. So let's just go all in. Yeah. I have a big dilemma right now that I was wearing pretty much exclusively my Todd Snyder sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And now it's warm outside. Like I can't be cozy comfy anymore. Wait, the short sleeve sweatshirts. I mean, that's it's still a sweat. It'll be too hot. It is. Yeah. I mean the humidity. Yeah. That's not going to really work yeah. out. So what is your summer staple? I don't know. I thought like given your skin tone that you just stay in all summer. That's what I thought, but I could be wrong. No, I mean, we have a lake house. I, I go out there. I, I put on like, you know, my 50 SPF so I don't get burned. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I mean, we have enough ship shape t-shirts that I've just pretty much worn those. I guess Viore would be my, my go-to, but like, I don't know. They've been really hard to get the ones I want because they're like always out of stuff. Mm. Yeah, well, apparently in Middleburg, you don't have a store. I could just go to the store. They have some stuff. Mm-mm. It is so funny that there's not a Viore in downtown Middleburg. It's <laughs> <laughs> strange. What about D.C., though? You know, that feels like a ripe maybe athleisure. Maybe Georgetown feels like a place that would be. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Food for thought there. Summer. Yeah. So I got to solve that problem. What's your summer shirt? Yeah. I mean, the Viore shorts are for sure the mm-hmm. the bottoms of the summer. Right. But the Viore shirts are hit or miss. Like the ones I love are the yellow ones that we have with the like uh, the autumn design. Right. But it's going to be summer. You can't wear the autumn design. I know. I know. Yeah. We don't have like a summer. We, we were not able to well, do We a, do, but it's not Viore. Right. Exactly. The summer run. Although I love that. We went with like 80s sleeveless kind of like. Oh, yeah. With like the deep cut down sleeveless. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Rad. Or um, uh, with uh, Josh Hartnett plays like the main character of this in its 80s skateboarding movie. It's pretty rad. Mm. Anyway, that would have been about the time that was a style. Inspired by Skate or Die? Or Skate or Die was inspired by that. I love yeah. that game, that NES <laughs> yeah. game, Skate or Die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I played it a lot. I mean, it wouldn't work for more than like 20 minutes before it broke because I had a like really janky used copy that I got from somebody and... I totally broke it eventually because I cleaned it with alcohol and like it says not to do that, but it worked really well for like a day Mm. and then just broke. (laughs) Deteriorated at that point. You just pull it out and you blow on the cartridge. (laughs) I did that. I think our actual system was what was kind of messed up. Mm. And like, so it was a, I had one game that was brand new and would work all the time, but like otherwise it was very hit or miss. Interesting. (laughs) I just ended on that. It's just <laughs> interesting. Just, I was trying to see if you were frozen or if you were disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to mess with you. Oh, okay. As if it was. On that note, folks, uh, yeah. looks like we've come to the end of another episode. Well, we no, we haven't quite. We haven't quite. We haven't? Well, we spent some time. I mean, people won't know because it'll get edited out, but we were yeah. like working on... Uh, getting your pops oh, okay. fixed and stuff. So do you have the, so we had a couple minutes, but yeah, I was just going to go through what, what we're watching. I'm uh, I started watching a uh, season four of servant. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear anything about your shows. I don't think you have good, good taste there. It's number three on, uh, <laughs> on Apple. Okay. Number one is Ted Lasso. We could talk Ted Lasso. Did you watch the first, uh, episode of the new season? I watched the first episode. I didn't watch last night. Yeah, I didn't either, but I watched the first one. 
pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to it. I think uh, you know the rivalry with West Ham should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I also love it because I play FIFA, as some people may know. And in FIFA 23, they offered uh, AFC Richmond as a team that you could pick. And uh, Ted Lasso's in it as the coach. Mm-hmm. So do a manager season. I wonder if he played himself when he played in the show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess not. That would break break the uh, concept. But like, because yeah. he was like, yeah, my, my son was over here and like, Played a bunch of FIFA, so I learned a lot about soccer. <laughs> right, right. And he played as himself. That'd be pretty yeah. I mean, I guess technically, yes. I'm trying to remember what... I mean, they're in the Premier League now, too. So they would be in FIFA. So that is kind of like a nod and a shout-out, too. Yeah. So technically, yes, yeah. you would be in it. And because they get the real managers and everything, too. Hmm. That's cool. Mm, yeah, that's real meta. Yeah. But not the company. We hate them. Fuck them. Yeah, I think even they hate them. They're like, guys, the metaverse was a bad idea. Like, we're working on AI now, probably. I don't know if they've said that publicly, but... Oh, I'm sure. I feel like that's the... Like, metaverse is dead, and, like, honestly, Web3 is almost dead, and, like, everyone's just on AI now. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't Web3 just Web2 with a smart contract, anyway? And all the same infrastructure. It just had more complexity. Yeah, nothing was different. Yeah. Just had NFTs. <laughs> oh, gosh. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have some of those. If anyone remembers NFTs, we still have some for sale if you want at uh, bitski.com slash shipshapeco. <laughs> Get them while they're hot. I mean, whatever's yeah. left, every single one is left. And if we run out, just ask nicely because apparently you could just make another one. Yeah, that's how uh, JPEG images work. You can just create as many of them as you want. Let me know and I will copy paste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, that's enough, I guess. For <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe. Leave us some ratings and reviews. Hit that five stars, and we will catch you next time. Boom, 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 boom. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Web and Whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by ShipShape and produced by Podcast Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and leave us a rating, maybe a review, as long as it's good. You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about ShipShape and this show, check out our website at shipshape.io.